Good evening to you. It is Thursday, February 9th at 9.19 p.m. Purdue has just beaten Iowa uh, 87 to 73, 74, 73. Um, and Purdue is now 23-2 on the season. I'm going to tell you about how they got there here in a second. If you didn't get to see it, I'll explain it um, or I'll talk about it. Before I do, I want to thank our sponsors. Thanks to Martin Vintage. Thanks to um, head over to martinvintage.com. Pardon me. Head over to martinvintage.com. Grab a t-shirt, grab a sweatshirt. And boiled at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Um, and, and of course, when you're on campus, maybe you did today. Who knows? I didn't get to get on campus. Didn't have tickets. And if you've checked prices, like one of the members of the BS crew has recently, they are through the roof for every game, as they should be for your number one Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, but when you're on campus, if you've already got tickets secured for a game or two as as uh, the season uh, comes, as we head down to this final six games, head over to AJ's on Vine. Before you go there, go to eatajs.com, order your favorite things, then go set, settle into a nice booth. Right? I, I sat at the high top table last time, my wife and I did, watch some games, take it easy before the game or after. Or you can just cool off like I needed to do. Honestly, I could have started this Post game a little bit earlier, but I was red hot. Then <clears throat> um, I'll tell you about why. You can probably guess already. I mean, um, the photo is is not of the guy who deserved it to be. Uh, Braden Smith deserved the photo, the cover photo. But I gave it to uh, Courtney Green because that jackass affects the game so much. He and his crew are just incredibly bad at their jobs, and they make me nuts. I tweeted about it at the half, and then... They went and they changed the way they uh, officiated the game, at least on half of the court. <clears throat> they started calling ticky-tack fouls on Purdue. Uh, they continued that. Um, but at the same time, Iowa played an extended trap um, press. Purdue handled it okay. But it's a lot easier to press when the other team is allowed to just slap you and beat you up. It just is. The... Um, Stuff makes me so angry. It makes me as mad as anything. Purdue wins by 14 points. They are favored by 7.5 points. Everybody talks about how much you're favored by. Purdue was up by, I think, as many as 19 in the second half. The lead got all the way down to 6 before Purdue pushed out a little bit. Part of that was Zach Eady came in and just kind of was angry, and he had had enough. And he did what Zach Eady does. So um, Purdue improves 23-2. and two. On the back of Braden Smith just playing a fantastic game. He did it in a bunch of different ways. I'll talk about stats here in a second. I, I don't like to look at stats right away just because it kind of influences the way I talk about the game. And I'd rather shoot from the hip or from the gut or whatever. But I waited because I did not want to be so angry. You know, like there's that Fran Con thing out there where Fran just goes crazy during the game on the sidelines of a court. And he'll... Uh, and he'll get a tech and, you know, his head will pop off. Well, that's what I did. I had to apologize to my wife and my son because I got so angry. And I, if you heard me, if you're my neighbor, I apologize because wasn't good. Uh, but uh, Purdue wins, and, um, and that's the big thing. And they did it uh, in spite of having to play a completely, you know, I don't even know what you call it. They had to play different basketball because the game was called not like college basketball should be called. Um, and like I keep saying, I'll keep up with this theme. Hopefully Purdue breaks the streak. Um, but Big Ten teams struggle in the tournament for a lot of reasons. But maybe the biggest one, and probably the biggest one, is because officiating crews, like what you saw tonight, 
continue to get their contract, continue to get invited back by the Big Ten Conference and change the way the game is being played. Guys, simply, it's not so much on-ball defense that gets me, it's away from the ball. Watch the way Zach Eady is not allowed to move. He cannot move. They will hold them up like it's a block, like keeping their hands inside the shoulder pads. Thing is, in this sport, if you put two hands on the front of a guy and he's trying to move, it's a foul every freaking time. And the other thing, when a guy drives and you put your arm across his body, I used to say this to my son when I'd coach him, when you reach across the body, it's an easy call for any official to make, except for Big Ten officials. They're not going to blow the whistle. Braden Smith, who had a great game, he had a couple drives, so if you watch, and he comes across, he gets absolutely mugged. Iowa player puts up his hands, no whistle. So if you put up your hands, you're exonerated of all guilt, which is absurd. So, um, but Purdue, I mean, here's the thing. To, we've seen this before. Uh, during the press, especially when these games kind of get gritty and tight, uh, when they get sloppy, that's what that team wants to play at that point because they know. Iowa knows they can't play half-court defense. Their half-court defense is absolutely atrocious. And I'm sure if I had a stat guy near me, they could tell me how bad it is. But they are so bad on defense. I, I don't know what their defensive uh, efficiency is, but so bad. I listened to Painter's uh, weekly show Today, um, this afternoon, I always like to do that right before a game. Here what he had to say. And one thing he said is if you beat their press a couple times in a row, they'll call off the dogs. Purdue wasn't beating it efficiently. And there's a hard thing. If you've never played basketball, I'll tell you a little bit. Like my wife kept saying, they figured some things out. It's very difficult to play that type of, a, uh, when you're playing a press like that, and you're coming up as hard as you can, but you're trying not to let your panic get to you. And then you know, I've got to get across the line because I'm going to get a 10-second call. So, so you go from calm, 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 got to get there. You get over there, and now you have to calm down again and run your set, which is what Purdue strives to do. Good for Fran for taking advantage of the situation and keeping Purdue out of their half-court sets for much of that second half. And better for Purdue for punching the officials in the mouth and not allowing them to define the outcome of that game. Let's look at the let's look at the uh, stats real quickly. Like I said, Braden Smith carried Purdue. He played a heck of a game. Um, Edie, I think, had four points and um, I don't know. I'm holding it two. Four points and eight rebounds with like twelve or fourteen minutes left in the second half. And Braden Smith at that point um, had. 20. He finished with 24 points, five assists, four rebounds, and a steal to go along with it. He had a couple turnovers. He had four turnovers, but that was because of that press, and that was because of the, the way the game was called. A lot of people, including the guys at Boiled Sports, we have a thread run, and a lot of people are angry about the way Purdue handled the, the, the press. I cannot stress how much difference of a game it is, how much different of a game it is when you're allowed to foul that way. And how much easier the press is when the reach-in is simply not called. It, I mean, whatever. Purdue won. That's the big thing. I like that I'm angry after a win. I guess that's better than the alternative. Um, let's see. Uh, Caleb first had 11 points, 10 boards. Uh, always good. And then Zach, very quiet evening until about a two-minute stretch in the closing minutes. Painter puts him in there, and I think he had two buckets in a row, and he grabbed like four boards in that period of time. He finishes with 14 points, 14 boards, four assists, five block shots. 
off night. Let me read that again. 14 points, 14 boards, four assists, five block shots, just two turnovers. The dude's a beast. And if you watch another thing, you watch that game. When I was playing their half-court defense, in the first half they played more of it. They didn't, they didn't press as much. And when they were doing that, they would collapse. Three guys would fall on them. Purdue handled it by shooting the three-pointer poorly. A couple guys, uh, Lawyer specifically, I think, I mean, goodness gracious. He went two for eight from three. Lawyer did. So not a great, uh, not a great game. And I think his two threes that he hit were in the second half. So he was really broke in the first half. And he looked agitated. He looked frustrated. One thing Anish says, great time, uh, it's a great point is these freshmen haven't played two bad games in a row. And Lawyer didn't play a great game, okay? So he finishes with 17 points, four assists, okay? Pretty good right there. But that two for eight, I guarantee you that makes Lawyer nuts. Shooting 25% for three for him is not a good thing. Braden Smith goes four for five from deep. Here's a big, here's a big stat, probably the biggest stat. Although Purdue didn't shoot a lot of free throws because, like I said, I think, I think Iowa had... I think Iowa had a total of 13,000 the entire game. They had 8,000 the second half in spite of the fact they were playing a trap for 20 minutes. Literally played a full-court trap for 20 minutes, and they drew eight whistles. Incredible. Um, but Purdue shot 91.7% from the free-throw line, and that is massive. And that was huge, especially down the stretch. I know two of Edie's points in that little stretch there, that little stretch that kind of put Iowa away. Two things broke their back. One was Edie grabbing boards and putting the shots uh, or making difficult shots through contact. And the other one was Lawyer's big three in the corner. That corner three versus this type of press is going to be open over and over and over. And you almost have to be able to take advantage of it. Morton only went one for four from three. He didn't shoot great. He had one big one early, I believe. Um, but he looked uh, like he was struggling with the press more than anybody. And he's going to do that. So this is, the, this is kind of the liability versus the positive uh, of Ethan Morton. I've said it a hundred times. I want Ethan Morton on the floor. But versus a, a team like that and a press like that, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. Purdue was clearly coached to get up. And if you get that trap, look backwards and get it back to the point guard. And what that does is it eats up time, right? So there's coaches saying, take it easy, get to the middle of the court, and get it back to Smith because Smith is better at beating it than anybody. So um, let's see who else noteworthy. Uh, Gillis had ten points, ten points, four boards, uh, and only two turnovers. But here's the here's a problem, right? This is almost the antithesis of the IU game. Purdue turning over the ball seventeen times. That's like the IU game again. Um, but some of these stats look like a team that lost the game. Shooting the three-pointer, um, 37% is not awful. Not awful. But again, just like the IU game, they hit 55% of their shots. That's usually propellant to get you the W, right? On the other, high, on the other side of the, the, the court, Iowa struggled from three, which that's when they beat teams. They, show, they, uh, they made 28% of their threes. Um, they only shot the ball, they shot free throw uh, seven times. They only shot seven free throws. Uh, this is like people say this burn the tape game. This is one of those games for me just because the brand of basketball was so painful. Like it's, it's that bad to me. So here, let me give you a bigger picture thing. You probably already know this, but I'll run over it again. Purdue now leads the uh, conference by three games with six left to play. Um, they're in the catbird seat. They're absolutely in a great position. Um, Sunday, they play at Northwestern. I'm positive there's going to be a ton of Purdue fans there. Um, that should be a fun game. Um, that's been a good 
late in the season games at Northwestern, specifically last year. That was a that was a good one for Purdue. When Purdue clinched the Big Ten title years ago, they had that game it was like second or third to last game of the season. They clinched it in Evanston. Um, but these next two games are pretty important. These next two games, if you want to say, um, I think Purdue's going to win the Big Ten regardless. But how much are they going to win by? How early are they going to clinch it? Right? You've got at Northwestern, at Maryland. So this is the this is kind of the, a crucial part of the season for Purdue for multiple reasons. If you drop two right there, that hurts really bad, obviously. And then you really have to... To come close to winning or to getting the uh, number one seed in the tournament, probably got to go four and zero there before the Big Ten tournament. Like I said, I've said in previous seasons, if you've watched us here, I don't care about the Big Ten tournament. The tournament committee doesn't seem to care about the Big Ten tournament. Purdue's going to get a double bye, so their first game is going to get be versus a decent team. Um, and that cluster, by the way, in that Big Ten stand again, I think it is, I think it's five or six deep teams that are. Um, nope, it's three teams at eight and five, and then a couple that are seven and five. But I think it's five or six deep that are three games or three and a half games behind Purdue. What a position for Purdue to be in. Um, and I would say, look at this game tonight. Painter has plenty to say. Goodness, we did a lot of things poorly, and we still won the game. Good things for the coaches. He said he talked about uh, uh, the importance of handling every post game, regardless of win or loss. The same way as coaching staff, and I think they're going to be able to. They're, they're going to be able to say guys need to work on a lot, and I think you're going to see a lot of guy, guys come back very motivated, very motivated. It'll be a completely different game, but Northwestern's going to throw a zone at Purdue, so this is a game that um, Purdue's going to have to hit their shots to uh, to beat them. Uh, they're going to try to take away Edie because they'll just collapse on them all day. So there's going to be a lot of open looks. Um, if Purdue can hit their threes, they can beat up on Northwestern. Remember, Northwestern is a team that was right there right behind Purdue until Purdue put that space between them. Um, and I think they've not fallen off the pace too much. I mean, they're four games back, I think, now. I believe they're four games back. And that group is three games back. Uh, still, very important game. So uh, that's on Sunday. So Purdue plays Thursday, Sunday. They play again Thursday, Sunday, the week after that. So uh, let's like, I appreciate everybody's tuning in live. Really appreciate it. Uh, I can tell you, it's a blessing to, to, to see this many people making this part of their post-game ritual. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you need to vent, and it's a good thing to do it here. Or maybe you're a lot cool-headed, headed, more headed than me, cooler-headed than me. There we go. You can see I'm still bothered, still bothered. What a baby. So, um, but it's, it's, it's a, that's a good win. It's a good win because of the factors there. It's a good win. And let's not forget, a pretty good Purdue team got taken right up to the brink against Iowa last year when they were number one. No, right before they were going to number one, right? Last January. And it was the same garbage. Same garbage. Full court press, hit some threes, got one of the Murrays, probably the same guy. I I mean, I'm convinced that those two guys just swapped jerseys and both of them play, but um, that, his game is so much like his brother's. Anyway, so uh, great win. Kevin passed here. Uh, uh, Adam says, boiler up. Hammer down, my friend. Uh, Ted Berkey, uh, work on the turnovers other than that. Good win. Yep, 17 turnovers, like I said. Um, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. But, yeah, you, you can't turn over the ball 17 times and expect to win. It's not a, not a good practice to get in, so they got to clean that up. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Randall Kindig says this team is way better on turnovers than last year. Yeah, they. Um, I, I, I really think the team last year would have lost this game. If you get into this sloppy of a game called that way, the team last year definitely loses that game. 
Uh, Vincent Mostert says, uh, Moster says, uh, got to move Edie up the court on the press sooner. Okay, so I noticed this, that Edie was coming way high to set the pick, like just just at the bottom of the circle on Purdue's side of the court. So he was coming up high. The, the thing that you're trying to do, though, is you're trying to keep them honest because they, they'll put a free safety back there. So you've got three guys up, one there in the middle playing center field, and then a guy in the back. Okay, And these two guys, sometimes they'll fan out and sometimes they'll be stacked. That's Iowa's defense. Okay, And so if you get past that first trap, the next part you've got them beaten. Okay, And the question is, how do you beat them? Do you get the ball up close for an easy layup? Do you just drive and hold on to the ball? You saw Smith took advantage of that over and over where he could get past. And you're like, okay, now I can choose. Do I either dump it or do I go all the way to the hoop? A couple times he pulled back where I was like, okay, just go into the teeth of it. It really doesn't matter at this point. Um, uh, John Faker has a great point. I'm sorry, sorry, but honestly, Courtney Green, the guy is an absolute embarrassment. He is horrible, horrible at his job. John, you are correct. Um, I, that's ridiculous. Midwest choker. Braden looked a little tired in the second half, fighting all the traps and pressure. Yeah, he was he was tired, and he played great. He, I mean, I guarantee it, he's going to have lacerations on his arms tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of you guys, maybe you're in Mackey, and you got to see him after the game. Maybe you talked to him, and you saw how beaten up and bruised he is. I guarantee it. He's got battle scars. Guarantee it. Uh, Chris B says, haven't handled the full court press better in recent uh, games compared to— haven't we handled it better in recent games compared to tonight? I—, I I would it strongly influence you, if you're a Purdue fan, to not jump to conclusions about this game. Strongly. I think Smith handled this very well, and I think you cannot discount the way the game was called. You cannot. I'm going to try to—I I tried this policy already, and it's very easy this year as Purdue wins. Purdue is 23-2, and two, and I said, I'm going to try not to complain about officials or really dig into that after a loss because it just sounds like spoiled milk, Right. I think I had one comment about the officials after the um, after the IU game, but after a win, I think it's you kind of got the high ground and go back and watch the film on this. I was rewinding the game over and over because ESPN's producers are clearly either bots or interns. They don't show enough replays. My goodness, it's such a joke. ESPN's production value is such a joke. And when they get sold here in a minute to Fox because Disney's running into the ground or they're running into the ground, whoever it is, don't be surprised. But their product stinks. I mean, goodness gracious. I, and I like those two. Greenberg and um, uh, Reese Davis are, are pros. I think they're pretty good. You don't hear me say that very much about a color guy. That team is so much better than what you heard during the IU game. So much better. So they're not making your ears bleed, at least. I mean, they wanted a game. You could tell they were kind of rooting for Iowa to get back close. Of course they were. When Purdue's up 19 points with 14 minutes left, they don't want to see that. They, don't, they want to keep people in the, in the game, watching the game, watching number one get taken to the, to the, uh, to the ropes, right? Um, Rudacris, great name. Rudacris says, first had a great game today, plenty of uh, offensive rebounds. I think it's his first double-double year. I do, too. And I think it's an excellent game, hard-fought game. Chad Austin. Chad Austin. I don't think it's the Chad Austin, but Chad Austin says, uh, Seth said college game day has been to Maggie before. I don't remember that game. Chad, I believe he's correct. And maybe someone in the comments will say that. I believe they were there for a Michigan State game about seven or eight, game, seven or eight years ago. I believe they were. So I'm not positive, but I believe college game day was at Mackey. So I might be wrong, but that's the way I remember it. Look at this. 
John Faker. Goodness gracious, that's awesome. I did not read down that. John Faker says college game day came for a Michigan State game in 2011, I believe. So uh, that's run of the uh, that's par for the course for me to not remember the timing. So say seven, eight years, and when you're 47, it's really 12 years. Hey, all right. Uh, uh, Todd is 16. Uh, third double-double for first. Okay, good job. I love you guys with the stats. I love with the analytics. Obviously, you know I'm not great at that. Try not to do that. a lot of that during these. Um, oh, look at this. I got a special, uh, uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite um, viewers of the postgame, Alfred Dowd, says, boiler up, hammer down, hammer down. My favorite uh, watcher of the postgame is here, so... Sorry, no offense to anybody else. Patrick Pence says not everyone can pull off the round eyeglasses. Study session at undergrad library after this for Dowd. Did Dowd ever study? Patrick, these are all fair. Those are fair statements and a fair question. I can't answer that question. Uh, Alfred Dowd could tell you that, though. Uh, I can tell you I studied very hard. Very studious guy, okay? Um, and when I wasn't studying, I was thinking about studying. And these glasses, you can tell I'm a smart guy because I wear circle glasses. Just like a movie or a sitcom, that's absolutely the truth. All you need is circle glasses to pull that off. I mean, that's that's just the truth. Nathan Hartman said, uh, uh, da, da, da. I don't know. I never said anything about you. I don't know. I don't know what that. I don't know what that means. So, uh, oh, okay. There's another conversation. I missed it, so I scrolled down because I was excited to see my dad in here. Um, but anyway, Dalen Clements says. Uh, really have to work on full court press. We've been struggling. Okay, I'm the same thing. I just think I think we all got to take a grain of salt. If you're like me and you're a dork, go back and watch it on DVR tomorrow, and I think you'll see what I'm talking about. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, I was just frustrated about nothing. I don't think so, though. I don't think so. But maybe, perhaps. We'll see. Um, Indiana, in fishing, uh, don't be surprised to see other teams pressure us like Iowa. I want teams to pressure us. I'll be real honest. I want it to happen. If you can call the game like a basketball game, I want the press, especially with Braden Smith. If he's in good shape foul-wise, I want teams to press because I think you'll see happen what started to happen there, by the way. Purdue started scoring in bunches. Do you remember that? Purdue started scoring in bunches against that press, and then it was completely flipped when Iowa said... Get more physical, get more physical, and no whistles were going. Completely changed the game. Completely changed it. I want teams pressing this team. I'll be honest. I really do. I want to see more of it. Please keep pressing Purdue. That's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dare them. Um, and I do think most of the time in the, in the NCAA tournament, you're going to see games called a little bit better than what we saw tonight. That was great. Uh, let's see, Boilerman, most aggressive press we have seen, no doubt, not even close. Anybody else? I think you saw some kind of half-ass presses early in the season, especially when Purdue was rolling through teams. We saw that in November, right? We saw, I think Gonzaga threw a press at Purdue, and it was ineffective, and Purdue kept them at arm's length, kept them at 12 points. It didn't matter. Um, uh, Ted Berkey, again, says, uh, the concern will learn to play with these, uh, yeah, this is it. This is the whole thing, uh. The concern is we learn to play with these refs, and the refs are different in the NCAA tournament, and it hurts us. That's it. It's my whole thing. It's my thesis. I think I'm one of the first people that I started talking about this, that I think that's the entire problem with the Big Ten in the NCAA tournament, the way they play during the season. So um, Kyle Ray says, is it just me or do we look slow? Uh, they got on tons of fast breaks, and we couldn't keep up when they started countering. Uh, make no mistake, Kyle. I don't think this team is going to get any awards for being a super hyper-athletic team. Okay, And you can break it down player by player. The only guy on the court, really, that's going to beat you with his quickness is Smith. That's it. 
the rest of the players are really correct in assignment. Their assignment basketball is really sound. Okay, so I don't think you're wrong. Um, and this has been a this has been a Matt Painter thing uh, for a long time. That uh, really solidly built team in 2018, right? That had that I think there were five seniors, and then Boogie came off the bench, and Klein came off the bench. That team was not very athletic either. But in fact, that team was not athletic at all. In fact, the only guy on that team that was going to beat you was Boogie coming off the bench. This is kind of a Painter thing. Last year was a bit of an exception because you had Ivy on the court, and he was world-class athlete. Can get up the court in five steps. I think we said four or five steps on different fast breaks. In incredible stride length, incredible quickness, incredible speed, top-end speed. And Purdue doesn't have that this year. They don't have it. Um, so let's see. Uh, da, da, da. Let's see. I got and I one more. Alfred Dowd says the round glasses are very special. Studious as always. Love you, son. Uh, thanks, Dad. Love you. Um, that's about it. I'm gonna call a night. I'm gonna leave it on a very high note because my temper is mostly gone now, uh, and so that's a big deal. Um, Sean Stevens says bring on the press. Practice makes perfect. Exactly. I will continue to make this point. I will continue to make this point. I want this team listening to Matt Painter. I want this team learning from Matt Painter. Painter has figured out a thing or two as he's as he's matured as a coach. He's gotten better. Now, is this team perfectly built for the NCAA tournament? We can we can beat ourselves up and think about this forever. And we can say, "Oh, these guards are too young because guard play is so important." You're right. No question. Guards are too young. Dynamic guards are what win the NCAA tournament. I would say that over and over. But I can think of exceptions. For every time I think of that, I can think of exceptions. Okay? I will say experienced point guard play is a big deal. There's no doubt about it. But you can't pick when you're you can't pick when you have seasons like this. And as Purdue fans, we can say it's never happened. Purdue has never been 23 and 2. Enjoy the ride, friends. Enjoy the ride. Don't don't fritter it away by thinking, oh man. Purdue's not going to be ready for the NCAA tournament because of this. Okay, well, just don't do it. They got they got the best player in America. Um, I think almost everybody agrees with that. And then you've got a bunch of guys that play their role, and you got a bunch of guys that step up when needed. And you've got a good point guard who's quick, and he's got a huge chip on his shoulder. I like the makeup of this team. I like the fact you got a bunch of fighters. I like the fact that you got a bunch of guys that are angry. Michael Hogox asked a question. I can see it because it's highlighted. When's the next handsome hour? Michael, I don't know. I never know when the next handsome hour is going to happen. Okay? Never. And the reason is because you got a bunch of dudes who have hard schedules and they can't get out. You know, I, this is my thing. I try to make sure I do a post game every game because it helps me vent and it keeps us in rhythm. Um, if, if I wasn't posting these, boy, content. Hashtag content would be low. So I'm like, okay, I've been with the site since it started. I'm one of the founders. This is my role. This is what I do. I do post games. I do quick casts. What I do. These things keep getting longer. I'm at 27 minutes. That's very long. And I thank you guys for hanging out with me. And that's enough for me. I can't tell you when the next uh, handsome hour is going to be. We tried to have a four-man handsome hour. It ended up being two guys. And then Michael came in with horrible Wi-Fi. Jay was taken away because he had something very important come up. He couldn't do anything about it. That's the problem because you got a bunch of uh, guys that have responsibilities and these late night things are pretty easy, especially I've got older kids um, than, than uh, both of the other guys that have kids. So that's about it. God bless you. Hammer down. Uh, Purdue is 23 and two. Let's go. See ya.